When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good fucking morrow, everybody. This is the darker side of midnight. I am Matt Blaze, producer board up of the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. With me, as always, he is the executive producer of the other side of midnight and the overnight news anchor, the one, the only Alex Barnard is here. I want to die. Also, associate producer, telephone talent coordinator, phone screener, overnight sports anchor, the runway model, Kenneth. Kenny. Ken, Kenny C is here. Estoy muy cansado. You got, you got, I give you a lot of names. What today. does that mean? I am very tired. <laughs> uh-huh. why, why are you so tired? You're a young man. You shouldn't be tired. Get out of here. Just because you did the long I'm shift. I'm good. Let's go. Tired. You've been baptized by fire today. That's right. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a man Let's go. now. You're yeah. a man. Let me tell you. First of all, let me, since you brought it up why you're tired, now I have to explain. Here's a dream heart. We need the dream heart. I have to explain why you're tired is because you were called in to do, what did you do, 6 p.m.? You came in at 6 yeah, p.m.? Yeah, 6 p.m. on Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. 6 p.m. You thought you were going to be at home. You thought you were going to... You were gonna. I'm just laughing because you had something in your teeth, and now you're cleaning. <laughs> no, no one can see this because you know we don't have video. Yeah, Alex just, asked me in the army. He goes, got a little. It was gross. Right yeah, and was, then I was like, oh, that's a black bean from the food I ate. I uh. was just staring at it. Yeah, I could just see it. I was like, this is bothering me. This is gonna bother me the whole time if I don't hang tell on, him the right black now. Bean, now. Now you're washing it down with some uh, water. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There we go. We got so it. you came in today at six. You thought you figured, all right, maybe I can watch the beginning of the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yep. And then all of a sudden you got the call, the text <laughs> early in the afternoon that oh. said, hey, buddy, can you please come in uh, a little early tonight? And you were like, yep, I'm there, like you're supposed to do. Yes, that's sir. Ex- that's what you did. And I did it. And you know what? A year ago, it wasn't exactly a year ago because the Super Bowl wasn't on the same date, but a year ago, I had to do the same thing. In fact, I was here at 5 p.m. I did 13-hour day uh, that day on Super Bowl Sunday. So you get to hang out with Joe Piscopo and uh, no, Ramsey cool. Mazda Sunday yeah. with Sinatra. It was He's fun, cool. right? Joe is the man. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun hanging I've out done, with I've done crazy-ass shifts with this place many a time before. Oh, yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all done it. It's all part of the initiation. Surprised it took right. you this long to. Yeah, you've yeah. been here a while yeah, before yeah. you uh, called in early on a Sunday. The better yeah. portion of a year. Hey, good for you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, this, of course, is the darker side of midnight where we tell you what Frank Morano did not. We go over what Frank talked about last night, early this morning, whichever way you want to look at it. Give our take, our input, outlook, our opinions about all different things that Frank talked about. Now, of course, Frank had a big weekend. This past weekend, his sit-down interviews with the one and the only William Shatner 
Captain James T. Kirk, Admiral Kirk, whatever you want to call him, from Star Trek fame. What's the other thing? Danny Crane on Boston Legal and T.J. Hooker. Yeah. From the eighth. Did you ever watch? You guys ever see T.J. Hooker? I've never seen Dude. any TV I'm, show I'm, William Shatner has ever been in. Right Wait, you've never seen any TV show? You never watched? No, I never You've watched never Star, Star Trek. Trek. I never Hell watched. Hell no, me neither. I mean, I've seen not like, even like an episode. No, I've, I saw an episode for like a college film class that I took. What about like, uh, the episode from the Twilight Zone when he's on the plane? Oh, that's fair. Yeah, no, I have seen that. Okay, and, so seen, and, and the other one, the one where they get the fortune. Yeah, in the uh, diner. In the diner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you've seen those. Okay. Now I, have, of course, I have seen Star Trek. Not all the episodes. I was not a Trekkie by any means. In fact, I didn't like Star Trek that much. Mm-mm. I did see the movies, uh, like once, like back when they were like out. <laughs> that that was it. Yeah. And I never watched an episode. I don't think of Boston Legal. And I did watch a couple episodes of T.J. Hooker, because Heather Locklear was in it. Is that even good? Is that a good show? It's all right. It's an '80s cop show. It's nothing special. Oh, okay. It's nothing spectacular. Put it that. It's no Magnum PI. If you want to know the truth. Right. Magnum was better. But anyway, it was Frank's big moment. Look, he's a big fan. It's like meeting your hero, meeting the one person you want to meet in your life. Frank got to sit down and interview him. Of course, there was a screening of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, then a little Q&A and a sit-down that Frank did with Chatner where they talked about all sorts of things uh, over the weekend. Now, the most disturbing part of this entire thing is the fact that Frank went over this whole thing about how he took Shatner's tissue after he blew his nose. His freaking snot rag. Ugh. It's so that's so just disgusting. I understand you're with your hero, but it's like, look, if Shatner was eating something like and they had dinner together and he goes, Hey Frank, I want to spit this food in your mouth. What do you think? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, Frank would be like, Oh yeah, I'll open wide. Please, uh... <laughs> please I want some of Shatner in me. I mean what are you, yeah, what are you really? doing? He's like, yo the snot rat Shatner, man. can I get the bone from your T bone steak? Yeah, I'll seriously. Take it home. I want to gnaw on it. <laughs> so disgusting. Like, hey, what? Bill, I noticed you were about to use the bathroom. Would you like me to wipe your ass after I'm done? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> exactly. You want, you want me to hold it while you pee? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. What is he doing? <laughs> Taking a snot rag. It's so disgusting and disturbing. And if you heard the show last night, and if you haven't, go right back and listen to the podcast because you want to listen to our podcast, The Darker Side of Midnight, for February 13th and... The other side of midnight for February 13th, because the shows go together, so you can hear exactly what we're referring to. But once again, the hypocrite himself, the big liar Frank Morano, comes in here with a cold. Now, is it just coincidence that he stole William Shatner's snot rag, and now Frank's got a cold? No. I don't think it's coincidence at all. And what does he do? He blames it on the kid. Yeah, he blames Carmine. He goes... I said, oh, Frank, you got a cold. I see you got a cold. Oh, Shatner gave you a cold. Because he said Shatner was sneezing on stage, which is the reason why he got a tissue in the first place. And Frank goes, no, 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 no. He, oh, Bill, of course, Bill can do no wrong. Yeah, right, Bill. No, no, no. Yeah. He blames it on his son, Carmine. Oh, my. Carmine's been spitting up mucus on me all week. That's what it's from. Not from Shatner. So basically what you're saying is, you went to the interview with a cold, if that's what you're saying. If yeah. it was Carmine's fault, that because Carmine had a cold all, all week. Right. So now it's Carmine and not Shatner where he was sneezing on stage with you. 
Right. Bill, by the way. Bill. Well, he said, yeah. he look, no, first, okay, first name basis. There's a difference between, I know he said He that, did say, call me Bill. He did say, call me Bill. That's fine. Right. But this is within the presence of... Of him. Now he's going around. He's like, me and my buddy Billy, yeah, yeah, we were yeah. like, that's, you know, that's he what like, he's doing now. It's like just because William Shatner said, call me Bill, while we're at this, you know, thing that we're doing or whatever, right. that's different. You know, now he's talking about it. He was like, well, Bill did this and Bill said that. And Bill, right. he's like, stop he's like, it. He's like, Bill and I were backstage hanging out, eating dinner. It talked about everything. We had conversations about everything, and he went right. through a whole thing of different conversations. Yeah, he, he acts like they, they were roommates in college or something like <laughs> right. that. Right. Yeah, now they're best buddies. I mean, that is Frank's ultimate dream, oh, to be yeah. William 100%. Shatner's best friend now. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, like, is Frank going to call him? Is he is he doing, like, a thing where you do, like, when you date a girl or a guy, and you're like, listen... I'm gonna call, but you know you gotta wait two days before yeah, you make yeah. the phone call. So you think that's what Frank's practicing right now? He's like, mm-hmm. when can I? What can I eat? Should I email Bill and yeah. thank him for the opportunity? Should I call Bill and thank him for the opportunity? Because I know Frank is waiting. If they haven't said, and I, I don't think they have, because he would have told us tonight or last night, this morning, whatever. He would have told us if they were to ask him to moderate these next showings because there's a couple of more happening in other cities, and I know he wants them. What the hell was that? It's my stomach. The stomach growling You're hungry? like a monster. <laughs> no. <laughs> I heard it. I don't know if the mic like, picked that up. I highly <laughs> doubt that the mic picked that up. <laughs> but I did hear My it. mic I was my off. On. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, he would have told us if they would have asked him to moderate these upcoming events that Shatner's mm-hmm. doing. So I, but I know he's waiting for that call. Dude, Frank was acting like this was going to be like a traveling circus. Well, maybe he'll take me to Memphis. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll go yeah, to Tennessee. Yeah, and yeah. Then we'll... yeah. That's exactly what he wants. Like, because he he, he he told us last week that he told his wife, "Listen, they might ask me to go on the next one. Yeah. I'm going to have to go." And she's like, "Okay." I mean, look, it's a Friday night, and look, he'll do the show early Friday morning. Get on a plane, go to wherever it is. For that day or week or whatever, two days, and that's be his new gig. Yeah, he's like he's like. Uh, well, you guys won't remember this, but like David Cassidy. Not that I remember either, because I was I was pretty young. I was a little kid. I was a baby. But David Cassidy from the Partridge Family would shoot the show during the week, and on the weekends he was flying all over the world and doing concerts. Oh really? yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So that, that's like Frank now. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you heard about it. I don't remember no, Of course it I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard about it that he used to, and I've watched film, because they do like, you know, behind the music or behind the scenes of the Partridge yeah, yeah, family. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, He was a huge, he's like the Justin Bieber of the early 70s, David Cassidy. So mm-hmm. he was doing this, the, the Partridge family was a hit TV show about the musical family. And then on the weekends, he's flying all over the country Going to doing concerts. That's going to be Frankie Five Burrows. Yeah, he'll be flying over the country with he'll his good Frankie, friend Bill Chat. Frankie Five Continents. Yeah, yeah, Frankie Five Continents. That's it. Going around to different states every day, every weekend. Well, yeah, Bill and I were going to San Jose this week, and then I and then knowing Frank, he'd have to prepare like every every day. He'd prepare like it was the first time because he wouldn't want to ask the same questions. Yeah. Even though he can, because it's in a different city. Consciously, that's Frank could not do that. Right, and no one's going to know because it's not recorded anywhere. And even even Bill Shatner was 
told Franklin, listen, there's certain stories that he likes to tell. And I'm sure he tells every, the same stories to every audience. Oh, yeah. He probably tells the same little jokes to every audience because no one's heard it before. Yeah, if they actually went across the country together, the minute Bill got tired of Frank, oh. it would be like a divorce for Frank. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Frank would be so heartbroken. It was different, you know, considering the fact that Frank being from this area, there was two shows in the area, and that there, he knowing that there are people, not just people that know Frank, but fans of William Shatner who are going to go to both shows. Kind of right. like how people go to like every Springsteen concert when he's in town yep. or whatever yeah. your favorite no, band well, is. No, well, it's usually the Grateful Dead, no, that people freak out about. Well, it used to be. It was. Well, yeah, yeah, But yeah. now it's like a lot of people do do that with Springsteen, that they go to every show when he's in the area. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand how people would want to go to both uh, events for, for Shatner. So it was important for Frank to ask different questions. So I guess if he's doing two shows in the same vicinity, then he would have to ask different questions. But he could have a set like night one questions and night two questions and right. nobody would know the difference. You don't need to yeah. make different questions for every single show. That's really But that's what Frank would do. That is mm-hmm. you make his job much more difficult than it has to be. Right. Just because he feels like that's the way it should be done. But I Which will, is something that I think he does a lot anyway. But I will say this for Frank. Thank goodness he did not bring those books to sign or have oh, Shatner man. sign yeah, anything because yeah. he was he was 100% right in what he said, that he had this rapport now, they, they had dinner together, then the second night mm-hmm. again he said that he felt a little more comfortable, maybe he felt different, he felt like that Shatner was a little more open the, the second night, and yeah, it would have absolutely totally ruined the way Shatner looks at Frank if he said, hey, uh, by the way, uh, Bill, do you mind signing my five oh, yeah. books? That would just establish him as a fan again. Yeah, exactly. If, if he would have been, been fanboying out like that, fanboy yeah, it that. totally would have ruined it. So I'm glad for Frank that he did not do yeah, that. Yeah, that. that was the smart move on his part. 100% was the right mm-hmm. move. So it was a big weekend. And look, I, I can't imagine. I was trying to think to myself, like, who would be someone that I would want to meet? That's still alive because my go-to, of course, would have been Michael Jackson. But I don't. I'm trying to think. Howard. No, I, I don't know if if that would be it. I don't really, know. you wouldn't want to meet Stern. Like I that. would, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess I would. You've already uh, met Kiss, so like. Yeah, but I was like a well, little you were a kid, kid. But like, even still, right. But still. even even still, I don't know if that would have if um if I would have been like. I mean, yeah, I guess I in a way. Uh, like Peter Chris, mm-hmm. to like sit down and talk to him, even though like I've heard a lot of the interviews, but like like what Frank did, like Frank tried to find questions that no one ever asked William Shatner before. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. So I would kind of approach it anybody in the same way, especially someone so well known who you think has been asked everything. You want to find questions that they've never been asked because, look, they get tired of hearing, of being asked the same questions and answering the same questions over and over again all the time. So I'd want to find questions, I guess, for anybody I would sit down. I was trying, like, who are my, my, my big, like, even, like, in music, like, who are my musical heroes? You know, I was a drummer, you know, like, Neil Peart, dead, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Peter Chris was, like, my first... Big drummer that I, I, I liked. John um, Bonham, gone. 
got Bonham gone. I guess yeah. Phil Collins, he's still alive. I, I would want to talk yeah. to yes. him. He's like yeah. a low-key cripple at this point. <laughs> Jesus, that's a nice way of putting it. Like, come on. Well, was that well, no, I, know, I, know. I saw but, them and they were great, but but he was like on stage in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, he yeah. was pretty much sitting in a he, chair. He, the he whole like time. screwed up his back. What, like from so yeah, many years touring? Right, that was knees, the story. His knees are really bad. Is the story? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I didn't years. go. That's why I didn't want to go. It was yeah, still really. His son that. killed it though. His son on, was fucking good. Yeah. Well, for 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 years, I mean, you gotta remember. Well, no, go ahead. Sorry. You got to remember, for years, Phil Collins was the lead singer. Yeah. He stopped He stopped being their primary. Well, he recorded. He did the recordings yeah, as the drummer. Right. But uh, touring-wise, Chester Thompson was their drummer for decades. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they had a big falling out. Yeah. And and Phil, when I saw them, and he was still playing um, in the 80s and the early 90s, you know, he would do a big drum solo. Him and Chester Thompson would do it together. And that mm-hmm. was it. But yeah, remember he wasn't playing for years. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't like he was touring and dr- as their drummer. But drumming takes your its toll on people, which is you know as you're getting older, especially you know you don't understand you're holding those sticks tight. You're you you can get arthritis in your fingers. Yeah. And it's just a physical instrument. You got to be in a certain kind of shape to play to play Absolutely. the drums. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you that's... know, like the that was the thing that was so, you know, I mean. Shocking about when Vinnie Paul, the drummer from Pantera, died. It was so sudden. He had a heart right. attack like a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I mean, the guy, you know, he'd always been fairly overweight. And I mean, oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always the drummer. Yeah. And, and, well, they always say the drummer's like the fattest guy in the band because you sit there. Which is shit. In, in a way, you think it really shouldn't be because I mean, he right. moves around the most. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's physical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, they did, you know, Pantera did a lot of drinking, did a lot of, you know, and that too. I mean, that it's no wonder, I guess, in a sense, why Vinnie Paul would have had a heart attack at like 51 or something if you're moving around like that on stage. Every night, yeah, and you're that weight. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, you're something's not gonna go right. Yeah, eventually. once you get to a certain age, and you're playing like you're not sitting there, and you're playing jazz. I mean, it's just a lot physical because you're hitting harder. They're hitting the drums yeah. harder. Look, and if you as long as you stay in shape, right? Yeah, you're okay. But once you start losing that, it's it's very hard to just. And and I guess we're just seeing it now to where drummers of that era are now in their 70s like peter chris right who peter mm-hmm. chris from kiss they said after the last tour and who knows if this is really true if like they were like well his playing's not up to snuff anymore i don't know there's so many stories with kiss with yeah like gene and you Paul. never really know what the real truth is. right like throwing guys. accusations about peter and ace and and you never really know if it's true or not like what who to believe? It's probably somewhere in the middle. But I will say this: and this is the last thing. I don't, I don't want to get into a whole kiss thing because we always end up doing this. I know. <laughs> I, I know that I've watched videos of like the last tour Peter Chris did with them, and he was a hundred percent miserable. Like he was yeah. being a dick backstage. Yeah, he looked. He looked, and he was miserable. He was being an asshole to people, and then he later on said it was because Ace wasn't there. And but Ace, of course, had no problem playing without Peter because, you know, he voted him out right back in the right, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Peter. I mean, Ace, Gene, and Paul voted Peter Chris out of the band together. Right. So, um, yeah, it gets tough once you get to to a certain age. But look, and bring it back to Shatner. <laughs> the the house guys of a drummer. Yeah, uh, bring it back to Shatner. 
Frank said he's you know he's about to be 92 years old. Mm. And he's and Frank was right. The guy hasn't changed. He looks exactly the same for like the last 25 years. That's some good genes. And he doesn't look like this old decrepit old man like a 91 year old. You yeah. don't think of him at all. And when I first heard that Shatner's like 90, 91, I was like, wait, really? Because yeah, I've I was seen him. Too. He was in this TV show with um with Terry Bradshaw and George Foreman. Oh my God, I've seen this show. Yeah. yeah. And 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 on um what's his name? Henry Winkler's in it. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah, go around I the country. Yeah, and they're like around they go around the world to these different places and they experience like that culture. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like these three older guys and like the one young guy, I forget his name was like a younger comedian. And he was like the yeah. young guy. And they would just take him to all these places and Bradshaw's like kooky. Oh, he's out oh, of, of his course. Mind. Yeah, he's he's crazy. He's always been out of Terry his Bradshaw mind. is crazy. But yeah, yeah. I, and and this show was only like I don't know, maybe like three years ago, something like that. I I remember watching it. This is such a random memory. I remember watching it close to New Year's, like in twenty fifteen. Really, something like that. Yeah, that long Cause, ago. Because I was I was down in Florida for my dad's best friend's wife's sixtieth birthday party surprise. Right. Really. And, like, everyone had left already at that point of the night. And I think someone, like, uh, one of, I, I guess their son-in-law, one of their, uh, put on the television in the house. And this this show comes on of George Foreman, Henry <laughs> yeah, Winkler, right. Terry Bradshaw. And so, so the show, when was it? The yeah. show was called Better Late Than Never. Yes. Yeah, and it I was actually, in, in 2016. I remember okay. commercials for it. That's yeah, there was, there was two yeah. seasons. Yeah, seeing that. It looked so funny and stupid, but they go to Japan, right? And yeah, like they go that to first Japan. One? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so That's season one, season one was in 2016. It says four episodes. Mm. Yeah, they go to Japan. My favorite. My, I just remember seeing Terry Bradshaw and William Shatner getting into you. You know, like those those hotels in Japan, right. That have the really tiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. Space yeah, yeah, capsule yeah. thing, like seeing these two like fat old guys <laughs> right. getting into like they can yeah. barely like not barely move, but you know they're not as nimble as they used to be, right? For sure, getting into like one of these tiny little sleep boxes, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, that's that that's, that's what it was. So uh, TV gold. So yeah, so the show was called <laughs> Better Late Than Never, and it was two seasons. It was Henry Winkler, William Shatner, George Foreman, Terry Bradshaw, and the comedian was Jeff Die. Uh, that was who. The, never. And they go, they go to Munich. Berlin, Lithuania, Sweden, Barcelona, Madrid, and Morocco. That was in the first season. That's pretty. And cool. then it was the second season when they went to Japan. Oh, okay. Because I did see that too. I, saw, I know they went I to Japan. Yeah, it, it was. It was actually. I mean, you could catch it. I think it's it's on some streaming service. It's very funny. Yeah, it's very funny. So if you want to watch a funny show, yeah, it, it's just it's a, it's like a reality show. Yeah, is what but a great is. reality show. But yeah, it was hysterical. So yeah, and the fact that. Shatner, so that was what, six years ago, seven years ago? Seven years ago. All right, right so he was yeah. in his 80s. Yeah, right. And he yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. 82, 83. He didn't look it. Yeah. Even then. So he, that was Frank's big outing, and uh, he was excited. I, I can't, you know, I understand. More power to him. Right. He, it's he, definitely the interview. cool. Um, now, the other thing that Frank talked about, oh, yeah, I want to mention this about Shatner. So people that bought the VIP package, which was like a hundred bucks extra, and they get to take a picture with Shatner, and there was a plexiglass between Shatner and the people. Yeah, get, so the, people, get the fuck out of here. People felt a little gypped. Dude, I don't know. Are you kidding I, me, yeah, bro? I don't know. I'm I, not I paying under, that money for that. 
I understand. Look, Shatner is 91, and you never know. Somebody, still out there. Somebody could have COVID. What is this, a fucking zoo exhibit? I'm going to tap on the glass like I'm looking at the gorillas at the Bronx Zoo? Well, like, it's just, I mean, I, I, I understand that if you- I would not pay that. That's what I'm saying. I get it if you paid the money, and then all of a sudden you're like, because it seems very impersonal that he's- Right. Behind, that he's, like, there's a glass between you, yeah. and you both stand next to the did glass. They, I mean, did he, <laughs> did he say hello to the people? I would assume yeah. that he would say hi. Did they, didn't, they, I, I'm assuming they must not have advertised- that there's that, a, pe- that there's plexiglass. a plexiglass Bro, thing, which is why not. people were pissed off. Yeah, were pissed Here's off. The if they knew too, about though. it, then that's on them. So you're telling me just during the photos is when COVID is around, not when he's on the stage and there's all those bodies packed in there? Yeah, but you're like, not. Come on now. Right. Not, but you're right. Not Could still be around. Yeah, though. but you're not next to the person, like standing right next to them where they can like I guess sneeze so. on you or exactly. spit on you. But I, but the reason I wanted to mention this because somebody told me. And they talk about like you know meeting your heroes, and obviously Frank met Shatner, and yeah. it was everything that he expected or hoped it would be. But here's another story with something like that, where somebody told me once that they worked for this company, this big big company, and the company for I don't know if it was a Christmas party, I think it was a Christmas party, they hired Bon Jovi to play at their Christmas party. Oh really? wow, damn! All right, okay, that's sick, and. This person was one of a few, I don't remember how many there were, that, I don't know, they whatever award, whatever they got, the best in their department, whatever it was, they got a meet and greet with the band. Or they got, oh, to, take wow. a, they got to take a picture with the band. Mm-hmm. Now, with or was, without Richie Sambora? I think it was with. I think okay. this is how, it was a while ago. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's what they said to them. They're like, all right, we're, I think, we, I don't know if it was before the show or after the show, they went, okay, when you walk in, you are not to talk to the band. You're not to say a word. Just go and stand there and take the picture. That's what they were told beforehand. Are you serious? That's, That's bullshit. So so the person told me that it was a woman, and she said she was a huge Bon Jovi fan. So she walked in, and she's like, oh, my God, I love you so much. <laughs> they said the band stood there, didn't say a word. They were like, we told you not to talk to them, not to say anything. She said... Now, I don't know how it was set up, but she said it was like band member, band member, space, band member, band member, you know, space, band member. So they took the people and put them in the space to stand in between the members. They were not supposed to say anything and just take the picture. And she told me after that she hated Bon Jovi. She lost all respect, did not want to listen to their music. And she said, I was a huge growing up. This was like an older person. Growing up, huge Bon Jovi fan my whole life. I will not listen to Bon Jovi Dude, after that. I would have straight cursed them out as I walked out. Well, that's a fact. Like, yo, yeah. fuck all of you. I think she did. I think she was like, you know, this is like rude. Like, I, I again, it, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she had had a few drinks, and it was her company. So it's not like she could go off. That's I mean, right. True. It's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. you know, it wasn't like she paid to meet and greet at a Bon Jovi concert. It was right, her exactly. company. And so she could only say so much, but she was said that she was visibly pissed off. Yeah, but you know what? It's still it's like it doesn't matter who's where, who, where or who is shelling out the bucks. Right. If you're being paid to spend time with some fans, make it look like you want to be there. Right. I mean, how could that's, you know? That's the scope. Like, how could you literally just stand there and not say a word? I mean, if yeah, look, we didn't grow up famous. 
and having people grabbing at you and all the stuff they go through. And yeah. that's fine, and I get it. But, like, this is a private event right. you got hired to play at. These people that work for the company are meeting you. You're not going to be like, hey, how are you? So nice to meet you. Like, I honestly, you know, I again, with the kiss thing, I don't think Paul Stanley or Gene would ever do anything like that no. to their fans. I mean, I know that Gene was doing this whole, Gene Simmons doing this vault thing where he would, like present this vault people uh, paid yeah, a lot of this. money for yeah, yeah, and yeah. they would he would play a couple of tunes and he was very cordial to people yeah and ace joined them they do chris kiss cruises yes. where they play live and they take you know recommendations from the crowd and they're not like assholes yeah yeah, yeah. not to say that they never did because i was never in the situation right I'm, I'm sure somebody has a story where they were assholes yeah but Yo, well i was gonna say if i ever got famous somehow for anything, and I was at that level, I still don't think, A, I could get people to pay to see me or get an autograph, unless I'm really down on my luck and, like, whatever, and, B, be that much of a douchebag to not even give a hello at least. Right. For for the members of Bon Jovi to just stand there like they're, like, bodyguards. Like statues. Like, what the hell is that? that, Not even to say hi? Right. And that's crazy. And that's kind of my point as to what I was saying about people paying to, you know, if you're, yeah. If, but I heard about that, like, like, and I don't remember who it was. I read some article. It was somebody in a metal band. And they were saying, like, that they do these meet and greets, like, after a show for, like, 50 bucks. And the guy was basically saying, yeah, I have to do this because people are stealing music now. And I don't get paid as much because people are getting my music for free. Well, yeah. So yeah. I'm forced to have these people pay $50 to meet me and well, sign yeah. an autograph. He goes, you think I want to do this? I want to go home. That's, I don't want to do this. I don't want to make people pay that's for an also autograph. That's a fair point. Yeah. Because yeah. who would have ever thought of that in a million years that, you know, look, you go around, you sign an autograph, and there are people that would always, you book signings, they sign right. sign a book, yeah. that, you're, that people are actually waiting online and you're and paying to get your autograph. And they do this at, like, a lot of conventions, especially, like, wrestling conventions do this, because you got these older wrestlers that they may they make jack Dude, shit. that's what I was telling you, like, a month ago. Kane is coming to my local mall to do signing. And he made a ton of money. Like... And they what? St- but and, and you have to pay, right? You have yeah. To, you have to pay a, a fee. It's like twenty five dollars to then, sign like a picture, and then it's fifty if you want a photo. Yeah, it's like two fifty for the VIP. You get a cane mask, right? You get to meet him and all that. Yeah, and it's like, and, and, and I guess I mean, but it's just weird because he's in the era where they made a fortune. He's got to be a multi millionaire oh, easily, especially like all of the merchandising and just his salary. I mean, he look, he was in WWE for. 20 years mm-hmm. plus, he was a stand. I mean, he was one of those mainstays. He never went anywhere else. Yeah. So if he was stable. missing off TV, it was he was taking a, a few months off or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, these, a matter of fact, you want to hear the saddest story? This is, a, I don't know how many years ago. The guy's dead now, but there was this famous wrestler. His name was Ox Baker. And he wrestled like in the 60s and the 70s. He mm-hmm. was big. Dude, I saw this guy. I swear to God. On, like, 8th Avenue, he set up a table on, like, the corner of, like, 8th Avenue and, like, like uh, 28th Street. Really? And just set up a table with his pictures. 
And just then, for people street, to sign. There's just for, people to be, get his order. And I was like, wow. I didn't know who he was I, at the time because I, like, I wasn't into that. Right? I wasn't the, I didn't know wrestlers from that era. Yeah, so yeah. I saw this guy and he looks weird because if you look him up, he's like, he had like, he looks like Meng. You know Meng from Flash Gordon, like with the eyebrows and the yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah. And he has a bald head and he looks like a weird character. And I was like, who is this guy? And I kind of looked over at his table and I saw like the wrestling pose like on his picture because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to like say anything to him and then I went and I looked him up I go oh god this guy was an old school wrestler he had a table set up on the street yeah that's sad just set up it wasn't even at a convention it was just set up on the street to sell autographs see that's what I mean if it, if it got to that point that's when I would do something like that yeah it was just you know? crazy alright we're gonna wrap this up since we're at 32 minutes and we're supposed to do no more than 30 minutes. But we keep going. Oh, my God. The horror. The horror that we actually have a good conversation and we want to keep it going. Oh, my God. Keep it down. Keep it down. Keep it to 30 minutes. Keep it to 30 minutes. The suits. Yeah, the suits want 30 minutes, so we're 32. Whatever. Tough shit. Anyway, like we end the show with the dumbest thing Frank said today. So here was the dumbest thing Frank said today. Oh, I split up the wrong lever. Hold on. We do, we do this live. Good job. All right, here it is. Dumbest thing Frank said today. I won 500 bucks. Well, 250 net, right? So uh, I'm pretty happy. You know what I'm spending at least a portion of that on? Pretty large portion, actually. Lapel pins. <laughs> Mr. Lapel pin. Dumbest thing, yeah. So dumb. The dumbest thing Frank said today. So, listen to this podcast. This is The Darker Side of Midnight. It is February 13th. Go listen to The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano for the same date as the podcast matchup. And also, subscribe. Don't just listen. Don't just download. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll get it every single day. You'll never miss an episode. And like we end every episode, your influence counts. Have your pets spayed or neutered.